<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Raj, how long is this? This is uh, like an how hour. Long? An hour. hour. Okay. Ah, uh, yes, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jack Farmer, and this is the After WrestleMania Raw After Show live on Wrestling Inc. And I'm not alone. I am here with the boss man, the fearless leader, El Jefe himself, Raj Geary. And I'm also with the hilarious Dan St. Germain. Fellas, some call it the biggest Raw of the year, the show after WrestleMania. But before we get into everything that happened tonight, while we wait for people to kind of shuffle in and find their seats, how do you guys feel about how WrestleMania went, stand and deliver? Just real quick, any good stuff, any uh, hot takes from the the week in wrestling we just got through. I I mean I I had a I I thought WrestleMania night 1 was really good. Um I thought night 2 wasn't as good, but there was some some decent stuff on it and I thought takeover was really good. This this was this this month this raw after WrestleMania was the worst show that they put on the last week without without a doubt. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no, I I thought the weekend was great. It was great seeing fans back just um it just kind of felt like there's light at the end of the tunnel and we're getting there. So mm-hmm. love the weekend. I, I, I agree with you uh, where I thought night one was better than night two, but I still thought night two after the Orton stuff was uh, really good. So yeah. um, fun weekend, I, you know, and I, I agree with you. If you look at the takeovers and everything else we've had this past week, tonight's raw was probably the weakest show. And, you know, raw after mania, I wish they would have found a way to, do it in front of some fans. <laughs> yeah. know it's, it's, it's I wish they just had one done. surprise besides the Viking Raiders, right? Was there anything else? I mean, Charlotte came Charlotte. back to the promo, but, you know, it just didn't have that. This is the lamest Raw after WrestleMania. Like, because at least, like, like, they didn't even try this time. They didn't even try to surprise us, you know? Which I kind of yeah. wanted something. Yeah, there was nothing that felt organic or... or uh like a a twist or or anything that that really it's just kind of everything is just kind of continuing but yeah yeah you know i might be the outlier here i thought this was a great show i loved it i thought there was so much good stuff i I don't think it was a bad show i just didn't think it was special i I should say that i agree there there, i didn't think there was anything bad on or not much bad on here but it was for raw after mania i think your your expectations are a lot higher my expectations were high that is, I'll, I'll give you guys credit. Yeah, when you have your expectations pretty high for post mania because they, that's when they had their Brock Lesnar's come back and all that kind of stuff. And we we didn't get any of that. But overall, I thought it was a good show. But I want to ask your opinion. There's a couple differences here. And one was we, as kind of mentioned, we went to fans and now we're back to the Thunderdome. I felt like that was a little jarring. I thought that was a little tough. Like I felt like, oh my God, fans are back. It's all over. We've got people again. And now we're back to no fans. That was rough. And we also had a new uh, broadcast par- person, Adnan Verk, with Corey Graves and Byron Saxton. How'd you guys feel about those guys all together now? I liked that. I liked the new guy, Adnan. I thought he did a really, uh, I, you know, he for I, I totally understand why Vince listened to him because he's very smooth sounding without 
and complimenting what's going on without taking away from what's going on. So I, I thought he did a he did a really great first night. Yeah, I think for a first night, you know, it's weird they, how they sometimes will just throw guys into the deep end of the pool. Uh, you know, he's never done wrestling commentary, so you think. Have him do main event for a few weeks, you know, let him kind of figure out the system and, and WWE verbiage. You know, there are things he was saying here and there that, you know, Vince doesn't even allow. Like, you're not supposed to say blood. And he said, yeah. you know, he said blood and bloodthirsty. And, you know, just little things like that um, where he'll figure it out. I thought he got better as the night went on. He definitely got more and more smooth and more and more comfortable. So, um yeah. But whenever we've seen them bring in someone from the outside to commentate wrestling, it usually doesn't last that long. Yeah, I thought he had a great baseball sound. It sounded like I was listening to a baseball yeah, commentator. Really it sounded super professional. sounded super clear. Everything was great. It did feel like him and Corey and Byron weren't on the same energy level at many points throughout the night. But it's their first night. I give them a pass. Um, real quick, uh, we got a couple of, uh, super chats. We have, uh, Jody Shauna Jenkins with well done Raj Zane last week. And now the berserker. So, <laughs> uh, and then John Cena's as <laughs> worst raw after mania possibly ever. Not a single interesting thing happened and there's nothing to look forward to going into the post WrestleMania season. So, Hey, Maybe maybe not all sunshine and lollipops. Maybe I'm the outlier here. Like I said, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but let's get into it. Let's get into the actual show. We start off with Bobby Lashley and Matt Riddle. Bobby Lashley shows up in an, um, you know, looking amazing. Probably one of the few people that can pull off an orange suit, by the way. Gets approached yeah. by the original bro, Matt Riddle. Actually pulling some lawyer-type stuff. Quoting the defendant and saying everyone can have a shot. For as dumb as he is, he sounded pretty smart here until he got what he wanted, which was a title shot to start things off. Raj, I know you hate Matt Riddle. How did you think he did this time now? Actually, kind of uh, quoting, quote tweeting the champ. <laughs> and look, I like Riddle as a as a wrestler and in the ring. I just hate his character and what they do with it. Um, and so I loved, <laughs> I loved it, you know, seeing him. Get the crap kicked out of them. I mean, they made. I mean, this was about as as much of a squash match as you could do. I, mean, I think uh, Riddle had like one little, you know, splurtive offense there at the end, and the rest was just all Lashley just dominated him. So, thought it was effective uh, to building Lashley, keeping that going. So, I, I, this was probably the best thing on the show. I love Bobby Lashley, so I liked it. You're right. He really just kind of beat down Riddle before the match started. Beat Riddle down during the match. I know Riddle was the U.S. champ for a bit, but when it comes to like full-on dubs, Riddle hasn't done very well. I'm a fan of Riddle personally, but I personally worry about his long-term prospects for a guy that never gets clean wins. Lashley, on the other hand, continued to look indestructible as a super champ. Kind of something all their champs were starting to look like. Dan, how do you feel about Riddle? I like Riddle. Uh, you know, I think that they kind of have to transition into a more serious character and, and they should do that. But I, I, I haven't, I haven't been as critical about the whole days of confused gimmick as some other people. I, I was a little confused about the layering tonight. I, I mean, like, why wouldn't they, I, I feel like that they should have had, you know, I know people get sick of the whole 20 minute promo to start a raw out, but I feel like that they really should have had the Orton Braun drew stuff right after the, uh, Riddle Lashley thing. Um, I'm sorry, right after the Riddle Lashley backstage segment. 
and uh, then save the you know Lashley Riddle match for the middle of the show, and then put that as the main event. Um, so that that's my only that was my only bump with it as as far as uh, you know what Riddle needs to you know I, I just Vince doesn't think UFC is like a real thing, so I think that that's like I mean because because he is he's the shoot toughest guy they have on the roster, right? Um, but yeah, no, I think. You know, nobody really cares, and he fights like. You know, a main event baby face. His promos aren't, but he definitely wrestles like a main event baby face. So we'll see yeah. what happens. Do you do you remember back in the day how Vince used to love watching Enzo get the crap kicked out of him? Yeah. Yeah. And you could kind of tell he likes that with Riddle. He just likes seeing <laughs> Riddle get beat up. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, that's gonna be a tough uh tough thing to get out of. You know, it's it's one of those things I used to always say, like, it must be it must be tough to be in that position. But now I think of it. Hey, you're on TV. You're winning as far as I'm concerned. Um, But uh, yeah, things aren't looking good for the original bro. Bobby Lashley, on the other hand, seeming to look stronger and stronger every time he's on. Uh, A couple more uh, super chats I want to get to before I forget here. Uh, Daniel Brooks, Raj, where's the diva? She would tell this show off. (laughs) Inquiring minds want to know, Raj, where's diva? She will be on tomorrow. (laughs) <laughs> she will be on our new yeah we will now have a tuesday podcast so she will be uh on every week with glenn and alfred conwa oh, there there you go and then uh tyrone dawkins asks, says uh bray said no more clout chasing three times no way vince has ever heard that saying um i don't know i feel like vince is secretly uh in touch with that kind of stuff for some reason I don't know if it plays out on TV as much, but I feel like he gets what clout chasing is. Do you guys think he knows what clout chasing is? Well, I'm, I don't know if I know what clout chasing is. I don't think I know. What, what, what does that mean? Like chasing as, like factor? As someone who clout chases myself, I think it's, it's, I think it's just trying to like, it's trying to find ways to make yourself seem important. Oh yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. So basically what it sounds like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, speaking of clout chasing, by the way, we had a tag team match early on in the night. Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander, no longer part of the Hurt business, but no one told their wardrobe person. Uh, they had a match with a returning Viking Raiders. I thought it was really cool to see the Viking Raiders come back. It was a good surprise. And uh, for my money, when they're going, they're the most fluid big man tag team going. But the bad news for poor Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander, who can't afford to be losing matches just after they break off on their own, did lose the match. Uh, We said there was no big surprises, yet here is a returning tag team. Dan, do you feel like this didn't live up as a surprise to you? This didn't because I just saw Eric in a match on Friday, and I think that... Like having him come back that fast, like why why put him in that Andre the Battle Royal? Why put him in that Battle Royal? I think that kind of took some of the newness off for me. But I tweeted this during the match. I was like, "This is a match. This is a four way to see who Vince has the least amount of plans for." You know, like, <laughs> really just, I you know, it really you know, I guess like a win over the hurt business is good, but. I think it's it's less good for them and more and more rough for the hurt business, man. I, I feel like if I was um, not I'm not about Sheldon because I'm older, but if I'm Cedric, I'm I'm exploring my options right now. Yeah, I still do not get why they split up the hurt business. It wasn't hurting Lashley. It wasn't bringing him down. It wasn't uh, having any negative effect on him. And, and now by splitting him up, 
you're basically bringing Shelton and Cedric down the card uh, when they were doing, you know, pretty decent before that. So all you're doing is lessening star power as opposed to, um, you know, uh, and, and who knows? Yeah, I mean, they, they, they aligned them with Mason T-Bar. Maybe that's their big thing now is to uh, go with those guys. But uh, it just sucks to see where Shelton and Cedric are because they felt like they had some real momentum there for a little while. I think they could have been one of my favorite tag teams in a long time. I really love Cedric and Shelton together. But you know what? I think, frankly, us wrestling fans were getting a little bit spoiled because we've been asking for them to build up the tag division for so long. And isn't this how you do it? You have a struggling division like this tag team division. You got two teams. Both of them need to get wins. Both of them are good in the ring. And now you have one of them that, to some degree, can lay claim to being a contender. Didn't, isn't this kind of what the WWE is supposed to be doing with their tag team division? WWE is going to hire you for PR after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Like, look, it really just depends on how they're used next week. Like, do I think that the Viking Raiders, do I think that Vince sees them as this unstoppable force that they were in NXT and how they were in, you know, New Japan or on the Indies? No, I think he still sees him as the guy who can you know, use telekinesis to get a turkey leg. I think that that's like what he <laughs> sees that team is still. But maybe I'm wrong, you know, and he, you know, like I clearly, you know, I, all four guys, I mean, at least three out of the four guys, Shelton's a little older, have a, have a ton of upside, but we'll see what happens, you know. Yeah, I, I think, uh, I mean, we kind of got a glimpse of where they were headed uh, before Ivar got injured. You know, they, like you said, the turkey, the turkey leg stuff and. <laughs> And, you know, the contest with the Street Profits. So, um, and they lost that feud. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> they lost it every, every turn. They levitated turkey legs and then lost a feud. Well, you know, maybe if you have the power to levitate turkey legs, you need to be in a feud with the Fiend. That seems right up his alley. Not a bad, uh, no, this isn't a bad move at all. <laughs> Um, but before we move on too far, I do want to give a shout out. We have a super chat from uh, Brian Cyrus who says, think I'll follow the brilliant move that Matt and Glenn did and just say screw raw and just tune into the Wrestling Inc. podcast afterwards for the recap. Well, hey, I can't say that's a bad idea because you're tuning in here. So it works for me. <laughs> uh, then we have Colin Christopher Chase, uh, CA1399. Thank you, Colin. Appreciate yeah, thank that. You. Now moving on. And, uh, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll oh, get to this now. But oh, I did. I missed this. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Can someone explain how Charlotte's promo was different topic-wise than any other promo she's done? That's a great question. You know what? We talk about returns. I say the Queen has returned, and I think she looked amazing. And I don't know how you guys feel about her, but and I don't really care what your opinion is. For my money, I think she's the greatest women's wrestler of all time. So I'm glad she's back, and I think she's right. I think she should have been at WrestleMania. We'll look back on this WrestleMania forever and say, hey, why wasn't Charlotte at that one? Just like we do whenever Triple H misses one. And yes, I'm putting her in that conversation. I'm glad she called out everyone. She's the best in the world. Am I crazy for liking Charlotte Flair, Raj? I agree with you. I think Charlotte is, uh, or she's up there. I think her and Sasha's definitely uh, in the conversation as well right now, I think. Um, I think Charlotte's great. I think she has, you know, the the promo ability, the, 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 just the way she handles herself. She just carries herself like a superstar, which is something you can't really teach. And uh, so, 
you know, I, I like that she came back and clearly established herself as a heel because they've been kind of doing that tweener thing with her where she's kind of a baby face, kind of a heel. She's giving a heel promo and then she's buddy, buddy with Asuka, you, you know, like it just didn't, it just didn't jive. And I thought it, her character was confusing. So I like that tonight. They just went full heel. She's best in that role. She does it uh, perfectly. So uh, I was, I was good with this. Yeah, I think some people just have star power, and I think she does. Uh, Dan, do you do you agree with Charlotte, or do you think she's, uh, as some people would say, overrated? I think Charlotte's great. Uh, I, I I like the promo content wise. You're right; it wasn't, or or whoever was tweeting or whatever wasn't was right, and that content wise, it wasn't that different. But she actually delivered it like a heel, and she hasn't really been delivering promos like a heel, and she's clearly just so much more comfortable as a heel than she is a baby face. She's so much more comfortable, uh, you know, calling out like the injustices of her not getting booked, even though she's clearly, you know, their top draw or their, their top, uh, you know, who they think is the top wrestler. Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoyed the promo promo. I thought, I thought it was good. I, I don't know again, I guess in this feud, it's going to be that Oscar's the baby face and Rhea and Charlotte are both heels. Is that what it it seems like they're playing on like a triple threat for backlash or or something? Um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah. Let's let's chat about it. Rhea Ripley and Oscar they they had a rematch uh, backstage. Kevin Patrick uh, was chatting with Rhea Ripley, and I thought she said New World Order at first. I didn't hear it all the way, and I was all up in a tizzy because I am a huge New World Order fan. Turns out she said like Brutal World Order. Uh, so I was a little, I felt a little lied to, but it all worked out in the end. Um, uh, he kind of snuck up on Oscar, and I have no idea what Oscar said, but I love her energy, so I was okay with it. Um, I do feel like I've never been a fan of the rematch after a pay per view. I feel like it just makes the pay per view feel less special. So I wasn't really a fan of this, but. I was thinking we kind of owe WWE an apology. A year ago, we were like, Rhea Ripley's buried. She's done. She's never going to be anything. Yet she here she is, a world title win at WrestleMania, the champion, looking like a star, looking like she's going to be mixing it up with maybe Charlotte Flair again, maybe Asuka again, maybe a three-way again. I'm loving where this is going. I think Rhea Ripley has everything to be the next generation's biggest star. And I think, frankly, and I know this is a big, big statement. I think her and Bianca Belair are going to be the stone cold rock of the women's division in 10 years. Raj, do you think I'm overreaching? <laughs> that is some, uh, that is Hyperbole. some high praise. <laughs> that is setting some high expectations. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I think, uh, I will say this, Rhea Ripley tonight, um, I think they had her reading off of cue cards or something. I don't know. If you go back yeah. and watch her promo, it was it was bad. Like, the stuff they scripted for her uh, was not good at all. I thought it was a bad way to follow up with the momentum she had from, from WrestleMania. And then this match wasn't that good either. Um, Charlotte interfering kind of saved it. So, uh, it was an off night, I thought. What would you think, Dan? You know, it's really hard to get somebody to the Rock and Austin's level with scripted <laughs> promos. It's really, it's mm -hmm. tough. Uh, mm -hmm. But if there's two people that could do it, you know, it, I, 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 maybe it would be them. Um, but yeah, it's just you're just not going to be able to get. Uh, you're just not going to be able to get the quality of writer that's going to be able to write those 
type of promos that are amazing every week. And I mean, you have some talented writers there, but it's just to create like promos like The Rock and Austin, like you either naturally have to have that in you or you have to have the best writers. And, you know, WWE is not union, so they're, not, they're just not going to hire like the whole team isn't going to be the best. I mean, I'm not bad or good. That's just how it is. So, uh, yeah, that's my roundabout answer. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, I know it's a big statement, but I don't know. I look at them and I think I want to buy their action figure already. I don't know. I'm not even an action figure guy, but I think that <laughs> they just they stand out. They look cool. I could see people love and I could see them on the cover of things. Um, but we do have a few super chats. Uh, Jack's Callens. And let me know if I'm pronouncing that right. Hey, Jack, my first time watching the podcast. What was your highlight of mania altogether? Thank you. Cheers. Um it's two. I have two answers. One, seeing Bobby Lashley win. I'm a huge Bobby Lashley fan, and I don't think anyone thought he was going to win. So when he won, I was super pumped about it. Uh, number two, though, I think just emotionally, I think the Bianca Belair win for me, like she is so good at having that, like her emotional response be just infectious with the people watching her. So as she was like tearing up, like I wanted to tear up. I was like, this is such a special moment. I loved it. Uh, you guys, do you have any quick uh, top, um, you know, Dan and Raj, any quick uh, top? moments from mania this weekend individuals individual moments i would definitely say the bianca sasha match is is my number one and every you know it's like a tie for me on what like what match was second but it was, it was just a phenomenal like probably the best in-ring main event they've had since i mean at least roman lesnar um and probably probably even it probably was better than that so uh yeah i thought it was fantastic yeah. Yeah, I'd mentioned this on the podcast last night, but I watched that with my daughters and it's the first time they watched a match in like mm-hmm. a year and they were so into it just uh, and that got me even more into it. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was the best thing of, of, of the week by far and uh, yeah. one of my favorite things this year. Yeah, I, I think it ranks right up there with the uh, Kofi Mania and, and uh, Daniel right. Bryan and all that stuff. But uh, Karana Shaw says, if anything, Charlotte saved this match, LOL. Uh, I think Charlotte makes everything better. So I'm going to agree with you. And then Robert Sadoff <laughs> says, Jack must be on WWE's payroll with how good he thought it was. His enthusiasm for Raw was honestly more exciting than Raw itself, LOL. I will say thank you for the uh, complimentary comments about my enthusiasm i like wrestling i'm an easy to please person i guess i enjoyed it i enjoyed the show um uh the two new guys are better than glenn as said by bid moon glenn is an awesome dude i am going to i got your back glenn don't worry where it's it's all teamwork makes the dream work (laughs) i get very glenn he got me on this show (laughs) (laughs) um so let's let's move on with the show. Uh, Alexa Bliss with a promo, basically explaining to a degree what happened at WrestleMania, and I'm going to tell you why I liked it. <laughs> okay, I know I like everything, oh but people God, love dude. the fiend. They love Bray Wyatt. Look, I know everything. That I know, everything I know, you liked on the show. I know, this. I know. I can't give you this one, Jack. No. So everything. Look, I, look. I'll admit, I did not like how things went with the fiend at WrestleMania. I felt like that was a a fast lane style ending. But what I liked about this is because everyone loves Bray Wyatt. Everyone loves The Fiend, but The Fiend doesn't seem to work when he's working with other people. But if Alexa Bliss becomes the evil character that is now sending these evil things to stop The Fiend, The Fiend can finally be the good guy that is now defending us, the WWE Universe, from Alexa Bliss instead of trying to have guys like Braun Strowman who are straight-up normal guys in these weird paranormal situations. 
this lets him be the fiend, I think. I think this is going to be a gateway to what he's always wanted to be. That's why I liked it. Now, am I crazy? Dan, you're going to say I'm crazy. Let me hear it. I don't, I mean, (laughs) I I just don't, like, I don't understand what that promo was. I thought the whole thing, it wasn't like, you know, Alexa and The Fiend, they didn't have a relationship like, okay, like the Million Dollar Man and Virgil, right? Where, like, the Million Dollar Man is constantly treating Virgil like crap. Uh, Can we curse on this or not? I forget. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so he's constantly treating him like shit. And then finally, Virgil... Uh, you know, has a, like finally enough is enough, and I'm gonna I'm gonna beat this guy. I'm gonna beat this guy's ass. Like like Bray Wyatt in the beginning last summer, he gave you know he gave her sister Abigail once, but besides that, they seem to have been getting together pretty well. So like the whole thing of like like I'm gonna you know use my evil to beat his evil. It's just <laughs> a story that like it's this, it, it wasn't a story they were telling. Right. And I, I understand that they kind of have to reverse engineer it now. So they're like, well, okay, we ended it last night. We have to have some, you know, ex- like reasoning for why, you know, she turned his back on, on Bray. Even though she didn't really, she just leaked and he checked it out. Like <laughs> the way that Bray, Bray lost the same way that Drew lost to Bobby Lashley. Uh, they both got distracted by some dumb bullshit, and then they they lost, you know. Uh, and, and in both cases, like you know, like Randy and uh, Lashley. I mean, Randy and Lashley didn't look like they were cheating. They looked like you know they they beat two people. So uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. I didn't really, you know, I don't know. If we're, does this mean we're going to see like an Alexa Bliss like fiend match? Fiend. <laughs> I mean, like but then we have another A running mascara match Bliss in this women's division. We have like. You know, the out of the top four people now, three are heels. And I don't know. I just I felt like if they wanted to change her, she should have either gone back to babyface or they should have, you know, not turned Rhea. Yeah, I think they should. She should have just been like, oh, I was, I've been messing with you, just getting my revenge this whole time, and then go yeah. back to old Alexa and leave it at that. This fiend stuff, I think, has been just uh, so bad, it, and it's gotten worse and worse and worse. Uh, I thought this Alexa stuff was just beyond silly. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I hated this stuff from the beginning, and I hate it splitting up into two and possibly taking <laughs> up even more TV time. So yeah. let's, um, let's be honest. The reason this whole Fiend Alexa Bliss thing became a thing is that most, a lot of WWE fans look at themselves like the Fiend, okay? They all dress like the Fiend when they go to, like, corn concerts or whatever the hell they do, Okay. And then you have some real hot chick that they could never get in real life. But Bray Wyatt is the fiend is, is with this hot chick. And they think that maybe they could get that too. Even though in real life, she's just with like a shitty singer songwriter, you know, but like, like, you know, the fiend is hopefully he's not on the show. Um, (laughs) He's behind you. (laughs) He's right behind me. John Mayer cover and my ears start bleeding. Uh, um, Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, good, so uh, we got some super chats here. I have no reason. Uh, Leonza Duncan um, says, I have no reason to watch Raw besides from being a wrestling fan. They broke up Hurt Business, killed Fiend, broke him and Alexa up, makes Riddle look dumb. I mean, I can't argue with that. I'm just- <laughs> I, li- I like the episode, but I can't argue. You're, you're right about all those <laughs> things. They did break up the Hurt Business, and they've kind of killed the Fiend, and they broke up Alexa and him, and Riddle did look dumb. So, um, 
you can't uh, you can't you're, you're disagree right, with though. any of that. Yeah. You're right. In a court <laughs> of law, you win. Um, uh, then we go on and uh, uh, if, let me know if I'm pronouncing it wrong. Leonza Duncan re, 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 uh, adds as well, but still not 2000 WCW bad. Uh, Raj, LOL. Um, well, that's that, that's new levels. You know, hopefully yeah. Uh, yeah. that's not something I, you should strive to get to. I'd be more impressed than anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brandon Hall says, so let's get this straight. They kick Cedric and Shelton out of the Hurt Business to replace them with Mace and the Predator Reject. Really, no reason. They screwed the pooch with Bray, a.k.a. the Fiend. Um yeah, we'll talk a little bit about uh, Mace and uh, T-Bar a little bit later, but I agree. I mean, I'm not super happy with how things went with The Fiend. In fact, it even felt like he kind of just tried to say, let's pretend all the other stuff with Orton didn't happen in his promo individually later in the night. But uh, uh, was well, that saying, is this Bray coming back? Is there no more Fiend? Or what I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't like him wrestling in the sweater and stuff, but I, I, I'm all in for taking a break from The Fiend for a while. Yeah, I like I said, I thought his promo alone for his Firefly Funhouse felt very much like he was like, oh, yeah, 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 that stuff doesn't count anymore. We're just going to start over. Um, and, and yeah, and yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. But I did like that. Um, um, but uh, Stacy gives shout out Stacy for the um, super chat as well. Pumpkinhead uh, <laughs> Neo, Neo Akira says maybe Alexa is secretly Papa Shango. Well, that'd be a win, right? That, that would be uh, sweet. That'd that, be, that. <laughs> or it'd be something. Um, Jack's Callens asks, Jack and Dan, what got you into wrestling? Raj brought up Mania X ladder match. The pay-per-view alone is what made me a fan ever since. Uh, for me, I, I was a fan like most of my life. But uh, what really got me invested, honestly, was the NWO and uh, them coming over to WCW. And then is Sting going to join? That whole thing really got me into it. Dan, how about you? Well, it was right around WrestleMania 10. It was it was the Royal Rumble where Brett and Luger won together. And I, I really liked that finish. And uh, no, that was also where, like, Yoko uh, killed The Undertaker and he went up to heaven, <laughs> which, you know, looks ridiculous in hindsight, but... I don't know, man. When I was a kid, I thought it was a blast. So right around that time period, I agree with you, Jax. Jax or Jack? Jax. Jax, yeah. And for me, it was the Hogan-Andre feud, and then WrestleMania 10 kind of got me back into it. I was starting to lose interest, and it kind of got me back into it, then lost it again. But um, That's how wrestling goes. You kind of come in and out of it, I think. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Then uh, Pumpkinhead says, I think you mean Marilyn Manson and Nine Inch Nails. Uh, I, I think he's referring to the, the concerts that the wrestling fans go to. Well, and... oh, the, <laughs> Marilyn, Man- Marilyn Manson will take anything he can get, right? Right. <laughs> right. Uh, and then Stacy says Lashley should hold the title until next WrestleMania. Stacy, I agree with you. I love I love Lashley. I want him to hold on to it forever. That's um, a long time in wrestling terms. It year. is, and and I reserve the right to change my mind at any moment. <laughs> I, I mean, I could see Roman. I could see Roman holding that title if they want to. If they have something in mind like Brock or or The Rock, which you know we've speculated on forever, uh, then it makes yeah. sense to not beat him. Uh, Lashley's run will last as long as MVP MVP's promos stay interesting. You know, like I think that's one of the reasons that Brock was able to keep going is is that he had Heyman there to you know keep selling these types of matches, and MVP has done a really good job of that. You know, he's not Paul Heyman, but nobody is. So, like, I think that – I really think that WWE Creative 
should let MVP script his own promos and see kind of what happens. Um, because, you know, uh, you know, Lashley's kind of limited in what he can do promo wise. And, 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 you know, he's very good at playing like, you know, the pissed off monster, but no, there's not, as we saw with the, uh, Lashley and Sami Zayn sisters angles, he's not really good with the comedy stuff or the, or like the, like the personal stuff, like, like talking about his family. It's just, that's just not what you want to see out of Bobby Lashley. So, uh, it really, you know, it, it, it MVP's got to really sell us on different feuds for this to work in, in the same way Heyman used to sell. You know, Heyman would make us, like, you know, interested to see a match with Finn Bauer where he knew there was no way that Finn was going to win. But, right. you know, Heyman built it up. So, yeah. Yeah, both MVP and Heyman have been amazing. Um, so, uh, now, speaking of things that are amazing, I have a feeling you guys are going to say this wasn't amazing. I didn't think it was really amazing either, but I get why it happened. It was the Miz, Morrison, and Maurice segment of the night. Uh, I wanted to say first, Morrison not seeming to know what's going on, that's how you write a character that seems stoned all the time. I feel like Morrison yeah. acts more <laughs> like a stoner than uh, than uh, Riddle does most of the time, just being kind of like oblivious to what's happening, but I guess that's a, a side thing. Um, I thought this is thing where they think that, like, I don't know, like pot is like mushrooms or something that you can do that. <laughs> yeah. Like, 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 like newsflash, I'm smoking pot while we talk to you guys and I'm able to put a sentence together. You know, like it's not it's not crystal meth. It's not like I'm going to wake up, you know, naked at a Kmart, you know, like like it's just uh, it's, it's, it's funny. Right? Idea of what pot is. I had tweeted that exact same thing last week with the birds. I was yeah. like, are they confusing pot with shrooms? Yeah, or PCP? Because I'm like, this is like, I just don't. I, I, and also, like, I know Matt Riddle in real life smokes a lot of pot, and I've been around Riddle, and he's chill. He's just like a normal guy, which is like, like if you smoke a lot of pot, it, it's not like it's not like alcohol where when you drink a lot, you just become nastier and more belligerent. But, you know, with pot, you kind of develop a tolerance after a while. So you, you appear more normal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've I, I've never understood the, the birds or anything like that. But yeah. as, as far as Morrison goes and, and Miz, the promo aspect of this, I think, was clearly just an excuse for them to show some pictures of Bad Bunny doing cool moves and anyone who didn't watch WrestleMania but wanted to figure out what happened with him could see it and then, of course, pitch Mr. Miz and Mrs. and, and all that fun stuff. Um, so it felt a little – it was like a commercial, but eh, whatever. It got its point across. I think the main thing here is I think Damian Priest still came out looking like a star in their match, and I think as far as the way it went, Miz pinning him with his pants down and his feet on the ropes is like a perfect way for a Miz character to get a win in that situation. And now I want to see Damian Priest get his one-on-one. So it, was, it, it wasn't like in a vacuum on its own, a great moment, but I think it did what it needed to do in this case. Am I being too forgiving, Raj? I, I wouldn't have beaten Damian Priest tonight coming off of WrestleMania. It was a high-profile match, you know, uh, and, you know, this is his first pinfall loss on the main roster. Again, when you're talking about building momentum and things like that, I felt like this was not the night for him to get pinned. I'm not saying he should never get beat or no one should ever get beat or anything like that. But uh, I just felt like coming off of that, he should have given Damian Priest a win against somebody. It doesn't have to be the Miz or Morrison, but uh, give him a showcase win and, and keep building him up. Because he's a star. You yeah. Know? Yeah, I, I'm going to bounce off Yeah, what, what you said. And I, I don't think that they should have had him lose tonight 
mostly because, you know, I thought that Bad Bunny match was great. And I thought like Miz and Morrison and Bad Bunny did a great job. But Damian Priest was clearly injured in that match. So he was actually the least impressive person physically in that match. Like he's not bulletproof yet. Uh, So that was my issue with it. And and I thought like, you know, the last couple of weeks of promos have been really strong. This week, it was like they gave the material they gave him. Like one of the things that he said was like, a real man doesn't take, you know, uh, credit for other people's accomplishments. And it's like, that's just like, I don't know. That's like something my dad would say in the 1950s, you know, like clearly it just didn't, it didn't feel like a Damien Priest line. It felt like, you know, like an Atticus Finch or Danny Taylor line or something. So <laughs> I, I, I wish that, you know, they would either figure out how to write for some of these guys or just like let them. And they do. I mean, like, well, you'll get smacked down. It's like Roman's promos, you know, it's, it's pheno- they're, they're phenomenal, but I just don't think that like WWE creative has figured out Damien Priest's voice yet. And hopefully uh, they can do it because the last thing we want to do is to give him the generic promos that killed Roman's babyface run. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I definitely agree with that because he's a he's supposed to be a rock star. At least he was on NXT. Like yeah. the, the kind of guy that hangs out at the Viper Room and parties with Guns and Roses. All right, night. he should the whole thing. The whole promo should have been him flirting with Maurice and Maurice being <laughs> kind of into it. I'm serious. That like, would be that, great. Yeah, that would be you know that's like like. Easy, you know, like, oh, this hot guy is dangerous guy, very different than The Miz. But instead, they like, they made Maurice book the handicap. It was just very, uh, it was a little bit ass backwards. You know, they tried something similar to that with Lashley and Lana and Rusev, and it didn't get a lot of uh, positive uh, feedback, though. Yeah, but like, (laughs) where's the sex appeal in that love triangle? You know what I mean? Like, Damian Priest is a cool guy. Like, there's nothing about yeah. Lashley or Russo that I'm like, oh, this guy's got game, you know? Yeah. And then I think, you know, another thing that uh, I thought it made Damien Priest look kind of like a dope when he's out there accepting a handicap match. And then he's, you know, wrestling the guys in suits and still gets beat, you know, gets outsmarted. Um, you know, accepting yeah. a challenge like that. I don't know. I just feel I felt like it made him look kind of stupid. Yeah, and by the way, like flirting, I, they would have flirted. I wouldn't right, want, not not a whole long term like Lana to like or like Maurice to start like dry humping Damian Priest on a cake in the middle of the ring. Just like right. a little off flirting. We're not going to have a, a Maurice uh, Damian Priest wedding at SummerSlam. <laughs> we don't need that. <laughs> I'm not saying they shouldn't do that either. I'm just saying no, no, no let's let's stay away from that. Um, uh, Stacy, it was great seeing Maurice oh, again. By the way, she. Oh. Yeah, Maurice is awesome. Um, Stacy uh, has a super chat as well. Says Chad said repackage the fiend as a face, make him invincible again, and take Roman down. Chad is your biggest fan. Wrestling Inc. So thank you, Stacy and Chad. Thanks, um, Stacy and Chad. Uh, yeah. If if they bring the fiend back without the magic, I'm cool with it. Uh, again, that Finn, uh, you know the the fiend that debuted against Finn Balor at SummerSlam. Uh, years ago, that was awesome. Uh, this fiend has just with the goo and and stuff, you know, being set on fire. That stuff has just sucked. I am getting. I get a lot of stuff for being the positive guy. I've not been a huge fiend fan myself. I agree with you. I think he they kind of broke him with that hell in a cell, and ever since, I feel like I've never really, never really bought back in personally. I feel like I, I've I've tried to give him some credit. I've been like, okay, maybe maybe this is what it'll be. Kind of like today, where I'm like, hopefully this is a pivot for him but it's 
I've never, I don't remember any of his feuds where I was like, that's the one. That was the really good rivalry he had. They're all kind of like, I feel every time I'm like, yeah, this isn't it. They they should be studying whatever Kevin Owens did with him in in that match on Raw because that's the best theme match I've seen. And just copy that, use that as a template. Yeah. There was one with Daniel Bryan too that was really good for the Fiend. I think those were the only two that this whole this whole time that I, I would say were yeah. good matches. And even the Daniel Bryan one was still, you know, like it was a strap match. So it was still a little slow and prodding, but right. you know, yeah, it was yeah. it was rough. And to be fair, you're you kind of you're expected to have a good match when you're in a match with Daniel Bryan as well. That's like right. saying his match with HBK was pretty good. Well, yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> of course it was. Yeah, uh, it was Masters. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um moving along we had Shayna baszler and nia Jax uh having a match with dana brooke and mandy rose uh as far as the build-up to this match goes if you want to call it anything it was i thought it was simple and kind of silly i kind of like that they pointed fun at the slip and i kind of like that nia Jax made fun of the recap for something that happened 20 minutes earlier um, that was fun the, that was funny i really enjoyed that what I hated, this was something I hated. I hated that the team that we're supposed to love and sympathize with and want to win basically just gave up and left a tag team title match. Or I, don't, I can't even remember if this is for the titles, but the tag team champs. I'm thinking, in what world, if there's a matchmaker out there, would you ever give them a title shot again knowing they just walked away in the middle of a match? For no reason, really, other than they got scared. To me, that... Nope. I, I, don't I see totally what the point agree with that. Well, I totally agree with your logic, but I've been so bored by the Nia Jack, Shayna Baszler, Dana Brooke, Mandy Rose matches that by how awkwardly it ended, I was like, "All right, well, that was at least interesting." Like, if I really, <laughs> if I gave a shit about the match, I would probably be furious that that's how it ended. But because, like, th- this is literally the thirteenth time they fought, and each time it seems like it's less important than the last. I was like, "Well, at least that was." We've never seen that in wrestling. At least I have that thought. You know, someone just be like, take a moral victory and leave. We haven't seen that, so. I don't know. I thought they went full honky-tonk man here. Yeah, you know, that's a grab my truck. Yeah, I mean, that is, I mean, to your point, that's a total heel move. Baby faces don't just say, ah, I'm, I'm done here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just the, the, the booking of that was kind of ass backwards, but um, – I, I I I didn't I didn't like this uh, this segment. I mean, it, it, what bothered me too is I I I'm a, I've always been a sympathizer for a Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke because they look like a tag team, and this is a di- this is a division that has no tag team. So I've always wanted them to do well, and I feel like I almost felt betrayed the way they they had this opportunity and they just threw it away. But <laughs> what you're gonna do, I guess? This doesn't make <laughs> me want to see a rematch. That's for sure. No, I don't want to see them have matches at all. They gave up. Like yeah. not in a and again, not it wasn't like they were the champs and said right. we're going to leave to keep the titles. It was like, "Eh, wins aren't that important." <laughs> but yeah, I agree. It made no sense to me. Um, but to your point, I, I get what you're saying too, Dan. Was that it was at least I'll remember that finish. Oh, yeah, <laughs> at least I was like I, I was like, "Wow, okay. All right. Yeah. All right." Yeah. That was where my reaction was. Okay. All right. (laughs) I do want to give a little tip of the hat, though, to Nia Jax. I've not been necessarily the world's biggest Nia Jax fan, but I like that she's okay kind of being a goof and, like, slipping and doing stupid stuff to do whatever she needs to do, I guess. Like, so 
kudos to her. That's for Kari Sane's neurologist. So, uh, what was that? I said, tell that to Kari Sane's neurologist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, uh, and, well, let's let's move on. I don't think anyone was super. It would be less funny when there's a documentary on CTE in 20 years and Kari Sane is in it. Keep going. Sorry. Right. Yes. And, We'll um, all remember this joke too, Dan. Yeah, we'll all remember this wrestling podcast from Monday after right. WrestleMania 37. Hey, man, sometimes those clips on. have a funny way of just coming back. At the worst possible times, yeah, too. Um, so we got a we got a promo. Uh, the one that we alluded to earlier, probably should have started the show. Bobby Lashley, MVP, Hurt Business stuff. MVP, he's I think he's a treasure on the microphone. And yeah, he really has good. one of the best pocket squares in the game. Um, I loved how he's like, hey, if Drew McIntyre can't handle the pressure of the Hurt Lock, who can? I mean, it was just a very valid statement. Um, and I like the back and forth. I like that Braun got added in. Uh, I think Braun deserves a world title shot. He did just beat the best in the world, by the way. Uh, and Randy Orton as well. So um, I like that they set this match up. I like that they're the contenders. They all feel like they should be contenders. They all just got wins. Well, not Drew, but... Um, they they're all up there uh i like the setup for this i kind of agree dan with what you were saying maybe this should have been at the beginning so they could have built up to it throughout the night um but uh raj how did you feel about it i agree with you i i, <clears throat> I liked it you know like i like that you have to wrestle to get a title shot and it you it made the main event have stakes it made it important it made it matter so i liked it and, and you could make a point for any of those three guys to win I mean, you could make a point for Braun. You could make it for Orton and, and obviously Drew. Um, so, you know, I, I did. I thought this was uh, this was well done. As far as now, Dan, you had mentioned you wanted it earlier on the show. Do you think it while it should have been earlier, possibly? Do you think the, the promo itself did what it was supposed to do? Did you like who was in it? Did you like who they they had set up for this? Yeah, I, I do. I, I, I like the fact that Drew said I made a mistake. I, I don't think that I wouldn't have booked the match that way two days ago, but at least it, you know, it fits in with his character of being like this honest babyface champion. Um, I think Orton, you know, I like the promo because I was just like, thank God this program's over. You know, right. like, yeah. that's basically what his promo was. And yeah. Braun has definitely, you know, he's gotten better on the on the mic, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I haven't seen him cut a heel promo unless it's on Twitter. So, but we'll see. Really? I've seen Braun. I feel like Braun's promos have gotten worse. Like it's like in the last, I like the last week, but like, no, like the earlier on, I mean, the stuff with him and Shane, in the beginning was just torture. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, Braun, I feel like they keep tweaking him, but making him worse. You know, with his gear now, he's got the Truth Commission gear, and and <laughs> his yelling with the promos. Yeah. It just he he was the hottest thing in the company like three years ago. Yeah, he's 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 he dresses like he's about to raid Nancy Pelosi's office. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he has that look. <laughs> Uh, also, true. also uh, <laughs> home, never trust a man with two nipple rings. All right, <laughs> never trust a man with two, never trust a Republican with two nipple rings. There's some weird thing That's, going on there. But, but one nipple ring is okay. One nipple ring, you know. I mean, it's, it's like one, the ear yeah, piercing. One, one nipple one. ring is tasteful. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can't follow that up. So we'll just move on to the next segment. <laughs> um, uh, Elias and Riker versus the New Day. Um, I thought that their promo was fun. I thought I loved him trying to play the guitar, but the sound of the trombone coming through. I thought their promo back and forth was fun. The match was even fun. For me, though, just Elias and Riker are just so undangerous. I guess because the opposite of dangerous, they never win. I never expected them to win. They have, I feel like they have everything on a piece of paper. If you checked off the box, they have everything, but they never win. So I felt like the outcome of this match was never in question. Uh, but as it was, it seemed fine. And I'll be honest, I was kind of excited. We had four different tag teams that weren't the champs on one show. So I thought that was kind of a good sign for the tag team division. Uh, Dan, how did you feel about Elias and Riker going up against the New Day? I like the horn thing in the beginning. I thought that was fun. Is that the first time they've done that? That I can remember, yeah. Yeah, that, I thought that was cool. You know, there's only so much of a match. You know, like, I, I think, you know, Kofi's a great worker. Xavier Woods is a good worker. But there's only so much you can get out of Riker and Elias. I mean, Elias is two left feet. I, I think he's a really strong promo, and he's got a ton of presence. But, you know, he just – it, it just always looks rushed whenever he's wrestling. I, I just uh, and and I think it's it's interesting. You know, uh, you were saying that bronze promos have gotten worse. I actually think Elias's wrestling has somehow gotten worse. <laughs> uh, which, you know, like because because really when he started out, you know, like I really thought he was going to be you know and how they were positioning him with Cena and it's like mm-hmm. all right, well this guy can talk like Cena, so maybe he'll be able to figure it out in the ring like Cena did because. You know, Cena has that two left feet thing too, but he just hasn't been able to tell a story for whatever reason. Yeah, I know. I agree with you. And then uh, Jackson Riker, I, I feel like because Elias has a ton of charisma, and I think Riker. We can get Nancy Pelosi's office. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say that. That's the transition. That's what I should. <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> but, but but Riker, he kind of like sucks the charisma away from Elias. Like he makes him less charismatic by being out there with him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, the pairing doesn't the black work. Black hole I, charisma. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, so it's like I mean, this pairing would is doing be like a, it would be great in a movie about like a Nazi biker bar, but not a wrestling. <laughs> I mean, to his credit, he's definitely got a look. Like he looks like if if you were just flipping through the channels and you saw him, you'd be like, that guy looks like a scary pro wrestler. Yeah, he um, does. He's got a great look. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think. I don't know. I feel like on paper that team should work, but again, it just I, when you never win and you seem to get beat up by everybody, it, it becomes hard to hard to take you seriously after a while. But again, maybe yeah. it's good for the tag team division. Uh, we got a couple of super chats. John Cena's bald spot says, "I agree with Raj. I like the idea of having to fight for a shot at the title, but I feel like WWE makes it too predictable. The person that just lost the title always wins, and they get their rematch." I mean, that's true in this case, but uh, I mean, it is better than just saying I want a rematch. It gives us content, gives us a match, right? Yeah, it's, it, you know, it's just going to be interesting to see how they're going to, you know, this is going to be five weeks of programming. This is going to be their top feud. And I, I wonder how they're going to, how they're going to make us want to see this because, you know, Drew just lost decisively. So, uh, you know, they're really going to have to rekindle some interest again. And, and do they have Drew lose again? 
Because I, I to me, it doesn't make sense to beat Lashley now after he, you know, you just booked him so strong yeah. at Mania. Especially if you're getting Lesnar back, you know, the match at SummerSlam you want is Lashley Lesnar. It's not Lesnar Drew. Right. Right. So um, we also got a, a super chat from Sheed Black. Thank you so much, Sheed. Um, and we have uh, Brian Outen saying, "Why is WWE still having Alex and Fiend gimmick or Alexa and Fiend gimmick?" Still going, let it go. I mean, for whatever, I'm not a big fan of it, but it, honestly, if you look at Twitter and things, people seem to love it. So I always feel like I'm the minority in that situation because people seem to love The Fiend whenever I talk to people. Um, it, it, dude, like one of the reasons they're going to be so hesitant to give that up is, you know, the most important thing about Alexis promo is that at the end of it, there was a new doll that you were going to be able to buy on the WWE shop <laughs> in three months from now. And that's the thing about the fiend is like he keeps having like new crazy shit. So that's new shit for these weirdos to buy online. Like that's that's why. That's why that's why they keep going back to the the creepy well. There was that belt he had that was like it was like seven thousand dollars or something like that on WWE Shop. <laughs> they made like they made something like fifty collectible items, and yeah, there was. I'm, I'm forgetting exactly how much it was now, but it was something ridiculous. I might even be low. Wow. Yeah, it was insanely high. It was like one of those like guess how high it is, and you would have to guess like a bunch of times because it was. I, I was. So it was. I think it was like seven thousand. <laughs> no. like, yeah. And now it's probably on eBay what, what, for like what, thirty what bucks. Serial killer used to buy the Fiend fanny pack. Could you imagine <laughs> taking your family to the aquarium and having? Taking the ticket to that fucking monstrosity, Jesus! <laughs> imagine, imagine you you have a date and you bring someone home for the first time, and that's on your wall. <laughs> yeah. Fanny pack, yeah. Or like, or she's like, yeah, let's let's hook up, and then and and you're like, great. You turn the lights off, and then she turns them on, and you're wearing a mask. You're like, I didn't sign up for that. I didn't sign up for that. Uh, uh, Jax Callens asks. Raj, your shirt. I've been on you for how long now about Wrestling Inc. merch? Ask chat how many would buy a shirt. I'm sure a lot. Get that merch out. Let's go. I agree with Jax, Raj. Where do we buy one of those shirts? Uh, yeah, man. Uh, you know what? Uh, next year's our 25th anniversary, so we're going to do a bunch of new shirts and stuff coming out this summer. This shirt you can get at Pro Wrestling Tees uh, slash Wrestling Inc. But uh, we are, the plan is to have some new stuff out. Very cool. Well, there you have it. Keep your eyes peeled for that. I know I'm going to be looking for that once it's available. Sam Austin says, only have automatic title rematches when the title is won via dubious circumstances. If the title is won clean, no rematch. Simple. Well, my question is, was there dubious circumstances when Lashley won it? Because, I mean, technically, no one got involved. I mean, MVP yelled, but is that really dubious? I don't know. I thought that's about as clean as you get for a heel beating a top babyface. Yeah. In WWE. Yeah. Agreed. Um, let's go ahead and we'll get to the uh, the last part here. We have Drew versus Braun versus Orton. Um, I'm biased. I love Randy Orton. I wanted him to win this. I want him to break the world record of uh, title holders. But I kind of get it. We got another Drew versus Bobby Lashley down the road. It is WrestleMania backlash, so it makes sense that this is a WrestleMania match rematch. Plus, I think that maybe a Braun versus Orton rivalry might be interesting to see play out for a little bit. Um, 
Dan, do you think the right guy won? Did you like the match and uh, all the uh, shenanigans that happened with the former? Um, uh, what 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 is their team called again? I've already uh, lost it off the top of my head. Um, uh, Retribution guys get uh, involved. The former Retribution. I look. I um. I, I like the finish. I like the you know the Claymore after the RKO. I thought that was fun. I have no problems with Drew and Lashley. As the next feud, I think the thing that I was scared about was that in that Bray promo, the last thing he said was like was referencing something big and strong. And if that means they're doing Bray and Braun again, I mean, I'm going to jump off a bridge. I really hope that that's Ugh. all. I just hope that like I, I read too much into that and I have PTSD. <laughs> So we don't we don't get another like swamp thing match or uh, whatever the fuck that was. Uh, yeah, but you know, as far as you know, again, it's like now they have a month to make me interested in this match again, and you know, they're both you know really good in the ring, and I, I think they can do it, but it's just a question of how they do it. Yeah, I will say this: I, I, I crap on the fiend a lot, uh, but I did like the Firefly Funhouse segment with Bray. I thought it was uh, pretty entertaining. Those are always good, even if you don't like the fiend. Like right. those are always great. It's just what they lead to is some right. self. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, if it you know if this leads to just Bray coming back as Bray, change you know, get new attire, don't wrestle in the sweater. Uh, I, I think that would be a welcome break for me. Um, uh, but but to, to your point with the main event, um, I, I liked it. I, uh, I'm all for Drew winning. I kind of wish Orton would have won. I'm kind of with you on that. I felt like it would have mixed it up a little bit instead of, you know, we've been doing Drew and Lashley for, for a while now. Um, mm-hmm. But it'll be good. Uh, the one thing I didn't like is that T-Bar and Mace. And uh, I think you got to repackage them or something because Lashley standing there with T-Bar and Mace is not I don't know it, to me that that doesn't look cool. Whereas Lashley no. standing with the hurt business did when you know when they all had their suits and they look like uh, the Horsemen and with T Bar and Mace it just looks goofy, right? Yeah, I think I it agree. kind of brings them down. I agree one hundred percent. I thought the original hurt business was the coolest looking thing in pro wrestling and exactly what gets young viewers to be like that's cool. I want to be part of that group. I would have been okay personally with them coming out if they took their masks off afterwards right. and we're like, okay, now we're throwing this away and we're going to be something new. But yeah, them uh, to use the analogy, it feels like a, a cool basketball player hanging out with two corn guys. <laughs> if we're going to continue that analogy, <laughs> it doesn't. I, I don't believe for a second I you said that they two hang corn out with guys MVP. for a second, but uh, I, I, my, that works too. Uh, they, they do have like weird S and M real sex max. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess this is better than Corbin, right? Dijakovic and and Mace. Uh, I have no idea how good this Mace guy is in the ring. I really have no because I mean we've seen the matches with Retribution, but. You really can't tell with yeah. with that gimmick. So I guess we'll we'll see. Yeah. I think it'd be Raj, to your point, I think they'd be so cool if they came out in awesome suits just like before, or just like the other hurt because now that we've crossed the bridge and hurt business is broken up, we gotta move on. I'd be cool with them in suits if they like then repackage them like hurt business guys. But yeah, I can't if they're not gonna do that, then this is just silly. Yeah, and Dio, you know, uh, Mace, Dio Madden, uh, he played for the NFL. He was uh, he was drafted by the Texans. Um, so he's got an athletic background. He's still green, 
but uh, he's got the tools. He's got a good size. He's got a good, cool look. So, um, mm-hmm. and he was a lead commentator on Raw last year. Right? Yeah, I mean, he could talk, minute. right? Or so, two years ago. yeah, you know, he wasn't that great as a commentator. But like, if you're able to do that at any level, then right. hypothetically, you should be able to cut a, a pretty good promo. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. it works out. You know, I mean, I'm I'm all for uh, you know a new golden age of wrestling. So, yeah. Well, Brian Outen uh, has a super chat for us. He asked if we noticed uh, Nia Jack's slip and fall scene was not good. Shake my head. I did notice it. And that's why I actually got a little bit of respect for her from that, because I think she's willing to be kind of the, the dummy that slips on a banana peel, which I think is kind of cool to do. I mean, it's it's never the the cool. It's never like the best role to have, but between her and the whole thing and then the slipping thing, like I think she's okay being the goof. And I, I, I can respect that. I, I thought she did a good job with the slip. Like it, it, she made it look real, like legitimate. It didn't look over, over done. Um, this is just one of those things where Vince sometimes where he, he sees something funny that was organic and just, you know, drives it into the ground and hopefully, they're not doing this every week because what, what happened to Reginald? Uh, he disappeared the second night of WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, usually <laughs> I, I don't, <laughs> don't want to speculate. <laughs> yeah, but the the times we are in, a lot of times when people disappear, there's reasons. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have I have no idea, but um, I'm sure he'll be back in some way or shape or form. He's super entertaining, so he should be back. Uh, John Cena's bald spot says, oh, "Why?" So, sorry, oh. pulled the wrong one up. Oh. Uh, well, let's uh, do this one first. Walking oh, Armageddon right. Lashley. Oh, um, Walking Armageddon Lashley. Hey guys, here's Upside Raw. Isn't that bad? Worst show is WWE main event. An hour almost of highlights that you've seen all shows and one dang match. Um, yeah. I'm not, I mean, yeah, main dude, events... you don't need to watch main event. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's your problem. Like, there's so much wrestling now. Like, it's like you got Raw Monday, NXT Tuesday, Dynamite Wednesday, Impact Thursday, SmackDown Friday. Take main event off. Watch another <laughs> that's show. not counting NXT UK and yeah, ROH yeah. and MLW. MLW and, 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 and Dark and Dark Elevation. Was awesome last Friday. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's plenty of options out there for you. I think that's. I don't know. I think that's probably for one of those like TV deals for international markets or something. I don't, I don't know. You, Raj, you probably know the business side of it more than I do. I just assume there's some sort of TV deal where they need to make content. With main event, usually, yeah, usually they have contracts for a certain amount of hours. I'm not sure if that's why main event's still around, but, um, but usually that's what it is. Um, and hey, if it's one match, it gets someone on TV. I mean, again, give, giving people time one way or the other, right? Mojo Uh, needs to work. Yeah. Mojo's, he's, he's, He's killing it on main event. Uh, John Cena's ball spot asks, why break up the Hurt Business just to give Lashley two more henchmen? That, I don't know. I loved Cedric and Shelton Benjamin. I agree. I think they shook up them together, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he just doesn't... You know, I, Vince doesn't like small guys, man. It's just, you know, or old guys. And, and, and unfortunately, you know, Sheldon's old and Cedric is small. So I, um, yeah, Cedric too is one of those guys that, again, I always think like, who looks cool? Like if I was sitting watching wrestling with someone who'd never watched wrestling before, Cedric is the kind of guy that people would say, that guy looks cool. That guy wrestles cool. What's his deal? 
So I don't know why he doesn't get more more love. I've always loved Shelton Benjamin too. He's and he's a lot bigger than we give him credit for. He's no. just about as big as Bobby Lashley is. I don't know why we don't give him credit for being a massive dude. He's a, uh, I, I didn't realize that Cedric and Big Swole are dating in real life. Did you guys know that? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I read that on some weird couples of wrestling blog. <laughs> it's just, it should be right next to the suicide hotline at that point. But... Uh, George, George Devine, thank you for the super chat, but I don't think we could push the post that one. No. That super chat. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, Shelton Benjamin, I mean, again, to what Dan said, I think it's more his age because I mean, he's a legit athlete, legit stud he used to team with Brock Lesnar back in the day. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's more his age and Cedric. Again, to Dan's point, Vince doesn't really like the smaller guys, and Cedric don't is show like up small, smaller. man. Yeah, you know what's funny is we say smaller guys, but if you ever see these guys in person, they're all massive. Like even the small guys are massive. It's crazy. Um, like I'm pretty sure Triple H hasn't told Vince who Adam Cole is. Right, like he's, he's just like him. I can't let I can't let him know about this guy. <laughs> no, or else he'll have him like come out of a fucking clown car. But all right, TV. oh, I can only imagine what they do to Adam Cole. So keep him where he is. Yeah, because he's he's killing it. He's awesome. I yeah. don't want to. I don't want him to be the next NXT casualty on the main roster. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. He's one of those guys. I just think if you give Adam Cole a chance, he'll shine anywhere. But you're right. You got to get the chance. That's the. Uh... There's a lot of guys I've said if you give them the chance, they'll shine anywhere, and they are not on TV right now. So I agree. I'd like to see him on NXT for as long as possible. Yeah, um, yeah but that that about covers it for, for Raw. I think we covered everything, um, unless you guys have anything you want to add or um, uh, any thoughts regarding Raw tonight. Um, Dan, anything else? No, man, I'm uh, excited to see SmackDown, and uh, I'll just give my own my plug. Uh, check out Wrestle Roast. We just roasted Hulk Hogan. We're roasting Shawn Michaels this Friday. Check us out. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, of course, like we mentioned earlier, we now have a Tuesday night podcast to so join us tomorrow night after SmackDown, then Wednesday after Dynamite. It's still uh, Matt Morgan, Justin Labar, and Alfred Kanawa. And then Friday, still... Uh, uh, Issa, Matt Morgan, and Glenn Rubenstein. So, a packed week. This is just the beginning. <laughs> it's uh, it's never ending. But uh, uh, Jack, did you have anything you wanted to plug? Yeah, real quick before we go, I do want to give a quick shout out to Brian Outen with one last super chat. Last one for Charlotte Flair. Got a spotlight for missing WrestleMania. You think? I think she is the spotlight. It doesn't matter what <laughs> she does. Uh, the spotlight is wherever she is. Um, yeah, you can find me on social media at real Jack farmer across all social media. And you can find all my stuff there. That's usually the easiest way to do it. But, uh, I think that does it for us guys. Thanks so much for chatting raw. I know, uh, I loved it. You guys were maybe 50, 50 on it. Maybe. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, thanks everyone in the chat for joining us. Thanks for chatting along. And, uh, We'll see you guys, I guess, uh, Wrestling Inc. tomorrow, Tuesday, for the new NXT times. Yeah, and, and it'll be Alfred uh, Conway, Glenn Rubenstein, and Issa tomorrow night. Perfect. What up, we'll Glenn? see you guys then. Take care. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. 
And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. 